According to the Vatican's own newspaper, L'Osservatore Romano, Pope Francis has placed a painting of a resurrected nude Jesus ministering to Judas, Christ's betrayer, behind the Pope's desk in his personal study in the Vatican. The Vatican newspaper is dedicated the first three pages of its Holy Thursday edition to Judas and called into question, as Pope Francis has done many times, Judas's damnation. Although Pope Francis has several times already suggested that Judas is not in hell, that notion directly conflicts with statements of previous popes and our Lord himself, who said of Judas that it would have been better for him not to have been born. That's what we're discussing on today's episode of The John Henry Weston Show. Stay tuned. Let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Happy Easter to you. Christ is risen. Truly, he is risen. On Holy Thursday, the very night on which Judas betrayed Christ with a kiss, the Vatican's newspaper, L'Osservatore Romano, which is officially approved before its publication, devoted its first three pages to Judas Iscariot, trying to suggest that he is not in hell. And making that insanity even worse, it featured as the cover photo a scandalous painting of a nude, resurrected Jesus ministering to Judas. And if that's not bad enough, the editorial explains that that painting was inspired by one of Pope Francis's books, which suggested that Judas may not be in hell and that the artist gave it to Francis, and that the Pope had it placed behind his desk in his personal study, along with, by the way, a statue of Jesus carrying Judas as a lost sheep. Now, I hate to say it, but considering the track record of Pope Francis, it is not at all that surprising that he has such a fascination with Judas. You know, to many faithful Catholics, it seems like Pope Francis is betraying the mystical body of Christ in much the same way that Judas betrayed our Lord. This painting, being behind the Pope's desk and placed on the cover of the Vatican newspaper, is itself a scandal. L'Osservatore Romano, that's the paper of the Vatican, explains in the Vatican newspaper's editorial that the painting was inspired by Francis's 2018 book, Quando Preghete Dite Padre Nostro, and that means when you pray, say Our Father. That book, by the way, is the book where Francis himself suggests the salvation of Judas. And it's not the first time Pope Francis has published the notion that Judas may be saved. Last April, in fact, he did the same in a televised homily in his private chapel, on Wednesday of Holy Week, where he had to read that very passage where Jesus says it would be better for Judas not to have been born. So just listen for yourself how Pope Francis tries to explain away the natural reading of that passage, which obviously seems to attest that Judas is in hell. Have a look. One thing that calls our attention is that Jesus never calls him a betrayer. 
He says he will be betrayed, but he never called him a betrayer. Go do what what you are doing, betrayer. No, in fact, he calls him friends. Friend. The mystery of Judas. What is Judas' mystery? I don't know. Don Primo Mazzolari lo ha spiegato meglio di me. Sì, consola me contemplare quel capitello di Wesley. He's saying, um, he's reciting for maybe a poem. Gesù minaccia forte qui. How he finished, I'm not sure. Jesus threatens him strongly here. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would be better for that man if he had never been born. So does this mean that Judas is in hell? I don't know. I, I look at... I look at uh, Jesus' word, friend. How did Jesus end up, says the Pope? I don't know. As often happens, Pope Francis lets his trusted men speak with more vigor than he himself would. In December last year, one of Pope Francis's most trusted allies in the Vatican, Archbishop Vincenzo Paglia, went so far as to say that all those who say Judas is in hell are heretics. Paglia, who is the president of the Pontifical Academy for Life, said on December 10, 2020, and I quote, We must also remember that for the Catholic Church, if someone says that Judas is in hell, he is a heretic, end quote. In that same address, Paglia asserted that a priest may legitimately remain at the bedside of someone undergoing assisted suicide in order to, quote, hold their hand, end quote, and accompany them. Unbelievable. Nevertheless, the teaching of the Church is clear on the damnation of Judas. The Catechism of the Council of Trent is very explicit on this point, saying that Judas, quote, lost soul and body, end quote, and that his betrayal of Jesus, despite his priesthood, and I quote, brought him everlasting destruction, end quote. Moreover, the first pope, St. Peter, was clear that after Judas betrayed Christ, he had to be replaced as an apostle, whereas after the deaths of the other apostles, they were not replaced. Theologian Peter Kwasniewski explains this point very well in an essay over at Rurate Celli, which I'd encourage you all to go look up. It's about the Judas and, and being in hell, and he goes into it in great detail. But here is one key point that he makes that I think is really fascinating. He says, and I quote, The first pope argues that Judas, by his transgression, fell away from the apostleship forever. Note that Judas was the only apostle whose place had to be filled after his death. When James was killed by Herod, which we read in Acts 12, 2, Peter and the others did not appoint another man as James's substitute. There were successors to the apostles, and many more than 12 of them, but no other replacements. Ultimately, all of the original 11, together with Matthias, who was the replacement, by the way, 
left this world in death to become the everlasting foundations of the heavenly Jerusalem, as the scriptures explain in Revelation 21, 14, and he quotes, and the wall of the city had 12 foundations in them, the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb, end quote. Put simply, an apostle who died in a state of grace is an apostle forever irreplaceable, going to his reward, and then this can only mean, this is the conclusion of Peter Kwasniewski, this can only mean that Judas, who had to be replaced, died in sin and lost his ministry and apostleship forever. He went to his own place, that is, the place that befitted him, hell, end quote. You know, we hardly need to go to the catechism or even to the first pope on this question when our Lord himself has been so explicit. Three times in the scriptures, Jesus is recorded as indicating Judas's ultimate fate. In John 6, 71, Jesus calls Judas a devil. He says, and I'll quote it for you, Have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil, end quote. And the following verse, in case that's unclear, explains it. It says, quote, Now he meant Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for this same was about to betray him, whereas he was one of the twelve, end quote. Again, in John seventeen twelve, Jesus calls Judas the son of perdition. In his prayer to God the Father, he says, and I quote, While I was with them, I kept them in thy name. Those whom thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost, but or except the son of perdition, that the scripture may be fulfilled, end quote. And finally, in both the Gospels of Matthew and Mark, Matthew 26, 24, and Mark 14, 21, we hear Jesus saying of Judas, it would be better for that man if he had never been born, end quote. You know, Cardinal Avery Dulles, the late Cardinal Avery Dulles, once reflected when contemplating these verses from the scriptures in an article about the fate of Judas. He said, and I quote, If Judas were among the saved, these statements could hardly be true. And Cardinal Dulles added, Many saints and doctors of the church, including St. Augustine and St. Thomas Aquinas, have taken as revealed truth that Judas was reprobated or damned or went to hell. So, for our part, let us never presume our salvation. Let us rather work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, as St. Paul teaches. We must practice self-control, or as St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9.27, I chastise my body and bring it into subjection, lest perhaps when I have preached to others, I myself should become a castaway. Hell is not empty of human souls. As Our Lady of Fatima revealed to the three children of Fatima, there are many, many souls falling into hell like snowflakes. That's why this life is all about winning our eternal salvation. St. Paul likens it to a race which we have to run. And let's run the race. Let's fight the good fight. Let us strive to get to that place where St. Paul was right before his martyrdom. We can read about it in 2 Timothy 4. He said, and I quote, I am even now ready to be sacrificed, and the time of my dissolution is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished my course, or I have run the race, I have kept the faith. And to the rest there is laid up for me a crown of justice, which the Lord, the just judge, will render to me in that day, and not only to me, but to them also that love his coming. 
Happy Easter. For LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston, and may God bless you. Hi, this is John Henry Weston, the co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News. I'm coming to you today because we want to be sure that we are communicating clearly with you, our loyal followers. Things are really heating up, as I'm sure you can see. Christians, conservative truth-tellers are being targeted, are being banned from social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at an alarmingly fast rate. They are attempting to suppress any narrative that does not fit that of the mainstream media. We knew this day would come. We have been warning everyone who would listen and attempting to build up alternative platforms to continue to reach you. We have established ourselves on all sorts of platforms I'm going to explain in a minute, but the most important thing to do is come direct to LifeSiteNews.com because there we will always be. But we've also established ourselves on platforms like Parler and MeWe, and our videos can be found on Rumble as well. We would love to see each of you on those platforms too, as they are not censoring or suppressing the truth that we are sharing every single day. More than these alternative social media platforms, we highly encourage you to subscribe to our email newsletter. We have really built up a large list of loyal readers on our email marketing platform, and we have prepared several backup plans for, well, I want to say if, but it's really when, we are removed from our current platform as well. Additionally, I really encourage you, as I said before, to make it a regular habit to go directly to lifesitenews.com. Make it your homepage. While all of these different platforms are an excellent way to curate your news, going directly to our website means that you will never encounter any censorship or sudden loss of LifeSite News reporting. Here's the thing. We will never stop sharing the truth. We founded this organization with the mission to be the life, family, and culture source for men and women who seek to know the truth. We have established a track record of honest reports, and this will never stop, even with censorship happening around the globe. Again, I'm encouraging you to join us on Parler, MeWe, Rumble, and on our email list. You can find all the direct links in the description of this video. May God bless you and keep you, and we are so thankful that you've chosen to follow and support LifeSite News. I'm John Henry Weston, co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News.